0: And Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
1: Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier.
2: Hello and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby, Doesn't take yourself or the game too seriously. Coincidentally, also, the only rugby podcast to be with you 52 weeks a year. Well, Rugby Dungeon as well. But 52 <laughs> weeks <laughs> a year. Thank you, Phil, thank you. <laughs> this week we'll be talking, uh, what, Women's Rugby World Cup final. We'll be talking uh, Bledisloe Cup aye, aye. But, most importantly, the Premiership returns. Talking of returning... I'm here with Phil.
3: Hello, Phil. Hello, Jonathan.
2: And down the line, all the way from a shipping container in Greece, it's Tim. Hello, Timothy.
4: <laughs> well, they're very good. I, I think Greece is probably where most referees' uh, TMO shipping containers come from. They're big on their shipping down here.
2: Big time, the Greeks, aren't they? Big time.
4: <laughs> big time.
2: Yasas. Oh, is it, what, what does that even mean? Big time in Greek. <laughs> in Greek. Yeah,
4: yeah. And I'd also point out that the Pro 14 starts this weekend as well, which we're obviously equally excited about.
2: Yeah, rugby returns. It's great, isn't it? The oh. I always
4: think of, like, bank
2: holiday August as get the summer out of the way now. That is now done. I'm going to be back into jeans and g-lays. Um, <laughs> and it's you, know, you get that feeling when the NFL comes back on. X-Factor's advertised on TV. That's always like, I'm not looking forward to X-Factor, but it's one of those tells that rugby is nearby.
3: It's a signal, isn't it? It is. Ah,
2: yes, good times. Excited. So, what do you want to talk about, gents? Shall we go for Women's World Cup first? Bledisloe 2? Shall we talk about the upcoming Premiership? What do you want to do? L-
4: l- I just think exactly what you said. The bank holiday weekend is out the way. I, the excitement is going to build over the next few days towards Friday's return of domestic rugby in the U- United Kingdom and Ireland. L- let's, let's just let's let's carry that wave of excitement. Let's get straight. Let's tuck straight into it.
2: Uh, awesome. Right. Well, I'll start with this then. Uh, I was at Sale Sharks th- uh, this week. This week, gents. Of course, you are. Uh, <laughs> they are very eager to get going. Let let me tell you.
4: They've
3: got a tough so, uh, tough first fixture.
2: It's, it's, it's in their hands though, isn't it? It's completely in their hands. i have got four well, games. Uh, Sorry, go on, can, can, I,
4: can I just I just pick you up on one thing there? could, could I? I, I want to know the. Uh, Premiership or Pro-14 side that is not eager to get going? Which side is not eager to get going? Oh,
2: I think that's a good question. So I would say the side's not eager to get going would be Worcester. Because they'll just be panicking now. They've got a new coach in. They have rotated their fly-off position again. So they've got no real stability there. And I think Pro-12-wise... Pro-14. Sorry, Pro-14-wise, they don't have the same kind of worry as the Premiership. Because, of course, they can't get relegated but you can't think that the Dragons are looking forward to this season.
3: No, they've not had a good pre-season. The, the two South African teams as well probably would have liked a little bit more time. Any time, really. Yeah, but besides those uh, outliers, I think everyone else is raring to go, and particularly in the Premiership, there are so many teams who will be vying for that top four spot.
4: Yeah. Well, do you know what? One thing I'm very aware of is that there are a couple of teams, in fact, probably more than a couple, who we've not actually covered because we didn't <laughs> <laughs> mathematically organise our sort of uh, club close-ups. I,
3: yeah, I didn't really want to say anything, but when we were doing uh, one team from each league a week, and there's six weeks available, it the must didn't quite fit.
4: I just assume we do extra podcasts. We can we still come do extra podcasts.
3: You're right. We can do.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. So, how about for the Avicii Premiership, we just we try and set set it to one minute. Just a one comment each, and we just go we go we go down the league, then into the fixtures, and then we can uh, I, I, then maybe we can have two minutes for Wasps and for Worcester, who we've not actually spent any time on. One comment each on what? <laughs> well, just just like just like a um, just our feelings about that side going into the new season, just sort of gut instinct feel.
3: Okay then. Okay, let me get up the table from last year. Yeah. So. Top of the table last year were wasps.
2: I know. Why do we do it th- this way? Kind of like higher or lower? Where do we think they're all going to finish?
4: Oh, I'm quite. Yeah, I quite like that. As we go down, all yeah, and right. we could Yeah, go on. So, so top of the table. Top of the table. I like the. F- I like the fact we're just dispelling any myth <laughs> anyone might have had that we prepare for
3: this podcast. <laughs> well, we we did have a little bit of a plan. Or thrown together on whatsapp but we seem to have just completely ignored it yeah. So, yeah. so far and also
2: all i do is think about rugby so in a way i'm always preparing yes
3: exactly <laughs> you're never never off duty exactly right right so last season wasps finished top of the league on points difference uh, ahead of uh, sorry it wasn't on points difference it was on wins ahead of exeter chiefs mm. with 84 points higher or lower lower
4: I all yeah go on JB. Wasps will
2: not finish top top of the table this year. I think they're in for a really hard year.
3: Because we said this last year, and it never it didn't happen. No, it didn't.
2: I just think they are. I mean, wasps in some ways are quite like quite like Sale, which is they've got a lot of a lot a lot of top end talent. (laughs) (laughs) How have you managed to make a chat about wasps get back to Sale? Well, because I've been thinking about wasps a lot and they've got <laughs> a really good like top end 15. There's no two ways about that. Probably you know as 15s go it's probably the second or third strongest in the league. But what worries me is that level underneath and if they don't keep everyone or a lot of people fit, I think they're really going to suffer and Curtley Beale's gone.
3: I losing Curtley Beale is big. We we said this the year before though that losing Charles Piatto would be big and mm. it wasn't as big as we thought it was losing Kurtley Beale, They haven't quite replaced Kirtley Beale though, have they? They brought in Joanne de Jong and uh, I can't remember his name. Lovu, uh,
4: L- L- Lovu Balavu.
3: Lovo Balavu.
4: Yes. Who is that?
3: Uh, Fiji, Big, Fijian, meaty
4: Fijian centre.
3: Yeah. Who's been playing in France for the past few years. Oh, right. That's cool. Yeah,
2: um, yeah I just don't think they're going to finish as high up. And I think oh. last year they had so much talent. Sometimes they weren't quite as good a team as they could have been, and the talent covered it up.
3: Yeah, I I think I would generally agree with you. I think they've they've always had the the ability in the backs. Their pack have been very well drilled under Dai Young, but perhaps don't have the same uh, star power that the back, the backs have. Yeah, completely agree. And if they're missing a few people, they that's where they'll struggle.
4: Yeah, that's all. Well, I'm, I'm I'm going I'm gonna chuck into the mix here. Uh, Tommy Taylor's out till the new year. Ooh. Uh, Willie Larue is not fit to start the season. Mm. They've got a couple of other injuries. They have recruited Marcus Watson. I actually don't think they're going to be that much worse off personnel-wise than they were this time last year. Um, but I do, I, and I do think they'll finish top four. But I don't think they'll finish top.
3: Yeah, I I would go with that. I think they will finish top four.
4: Does anyone disagree?
2: Saracens will
3: finish top, or possibly Exeter.
2: I think Saracens then Exeter.
3: Um, hard, hard to say.
2: Because Exeter haven't really improved, have they? I mean, they've got a second row they've brought in from... He's had one game at Worcester and one game at the Kings. And by this time next year, he'll probably be the best second row in the league.
3: But it, it's not about... For Exeter, it's not necessarily about the personnel they change. It's about the cohesiveness of the yeah. unit. And they've got another year under their belt. And they did it last time. And they know what it, it takes to get there and win it. So I actually think not having massive changes to their personnel is probably an extra strength for Exeter. Mm, it's
4: not one, isn't it? they got Matt Kevezic in the back row, uh, added Nick, a little something. Campagnaro, I think we're going to see a lot of this year. Yeah. I think, I think he's, he hasn't really done anything in the Avicii so far, and I think I think this could be his, his year. Uh, Dolman is also, he missed most of last year, and he's a really, Rob Baxter loves that guy, so that's almost like having a new player. I think he's injured again, mate.
3: He he You're played kidding. he played this weekend uh, against Cardiff.
4: Oh, is he
2: back then? He's back. Yeah, because yeah. he had that he had the ankle injury at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. He came he knee. came back from
4: injury only to get injured again. Yeah. Mm.
2: Um, so, I I just don't think the I, I think second, Frextor, was it Saracens finishing top.
3: I can I can go with that. The the problem that these guys will have um, is trying to fight both fronts, yeah. trying to trying to fight Europe and the Premiership particularly Saracens who lose half their team to England, who they've got to manage and they've got to rest players and fight both those fronts.
2: Can you work out why they've signed Matt Kvesic? And this is not a knock on Matt Kvesic. I mean, how does Matt Kvesic fit
4: into what they do? Well, they. I mean, I think he's he's there again this season, but I was I thought Julian Salvi was going to be retiring, but he isn't. But
3: Yeah, he was uh, injured a lot of last year, wasn't he? He was
4: injured a lot of last year, but so I think it's just that role yeah. that, they're, that they're filling. Probably Julian Salvi's on the way down, and they're, 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 I think Rob Baxter's hoping he will have got Matt Kvesic probably below what his actual value is because I don't think his stock's anywhere near as high as it used to be. No, but don't yeah. they
2: like playing Armand at seven? And then you'll yes. be, be back. At, yours is going to be fit again. They've got Simmons to look after. They've got uh, Waldrum. They've got all but, these. But lads. what
4: Phil, But what Phil just said. Exactly what Phil just said. Um, they're going to be battling on both fronts.
3: Yeah. Mm. He's just
2: completely different, isn't he? I mean, maybe that's what they want. They want the well, option.
3: He, he is similar. He's more similar to Salvi, who was injured last year. But the year before that, Salvi was excellent.
2: Yeah, didn't he have like, some ridiculous stat on tackles or turnovers, Salvi, one, one year? I'm sure he's got like... I'm sure either this year or last year he had uh, one of the top tackle percentages in the whole premiership.
3: Probably the year before then. Yeah.
2: So we're saying uh, extra second Saracens top.
4: So they were second. I could imagine them being about the same.
3: Yeah, I I would go yeah. with that. Um, on the balance of probability, I could e- I could yeah. easily see it being the other way around, though. Yeah, uh,
4: I- yeah, I-, right. I could see yeah yeah I could, I could see extra slipping out because the chasing pack are going to be improved. Bath and Leicester.
3: Bath and Leicester definitely.
4: Right,
2: I'm not buying this one bit actually.
3: On either of them. No,
2: um, maybe Bath. Battle- no,
4: no, actually no. Um, so. Well right. hold on well, okay. with, with, so... with regards to well, with regards to Leicester, hold on. If Matt, a, a fit Matt Tamua who hardly plays. Yeah. A fit a fit Manu Tuolangi, if he stays fit Come on. you've got the, <laughs> hold on no, hold on. That is that is potentially the best midfield in the entire premiership and oh. could could release the like you know someone like Johnny May and Toulouse Vianu uh, anyone else a, this p- potentially
2: an electric <laughs> yeah,
4: uh, maybe.
3: Matthew, Matthew Tate maybe anyone else come
4: on boys uh, who's uh, Who's that Australian
3: sevens player they oh, brought this, in
2: this is poor
4: Bra- Bra- Bra-
2: Brady's gonna get uh, what, what do you reckon 20 <laughs> odd tries
3: <laughs> yeah
2: Let's sure smash it this year um, so double
4: t- even two, um, later. two
3: tries a, two tries every game he plays
2: yeah exactly yeah that's
4: a pretty good strike rate mate <laughs> um that's yeah. a potentially. That's a potential. I think. I think Leicester are going to have improved significantly. I. I like the look. Of, I like the way they're shaping up.
2: Me, so, me. too. So I actually think the George Ford move makes everybody worse. So. Bath, you know, at times last year we're pretty much relying on George Ford, and then he let them down. Then he moves over to, Leicester, at a time when Leicester have got two fly halves who were seriously good. I mean, Freddie Burns, towards the end of last year, might have been the Premiership's form fly-off. And then Owen Williams, who was rated so highly that Gloucester are paying a King's ransom to get him down to, down, down to the King's home. So, to, to, to be their backup fly-off. Well, who knows? Um, but I don't, I don't think Leicester have adequately replaced the guys that they've lost. Hmm. So Beatham's gone. He was very, very good. They've let um, Jack Roberts... Johnny club. May... Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good shout. Everyone's going to laugh at me when I say Jack Roberts, but he was fit. And the thing they don't have is fit players. <laughs> uh,
3: well, they do right now. In three weeks' time, let's review that because I, I, looking at that Leicester team, I think if they can keep everyone fit for the majority of the season, they'll they'll be real contenders on mm. on both fronts. I think uh, the Premiership and in Europe in all honesty. Yeah.
4: I, d- I, don't, I don't think that their number eight options are good enough. I, I, yeah. I like Sione Calamafoni. I remember him when he was at Nottingham and um, I've got a lot of time for the guy. I, I, I'm, and he was number eight at Nottingham. He played mostly at six at Gloucester. And that, that Mappa Langy is it? Is, is a promising player, Tongan guy? Yeah, yeah, back
0: Mapa, but, Mapa but, but,
4: but, but just like, like not a, if you want to be a title contender, I think it's a really important position. Look at Nathan Hughes, Billy Vanapola, yeah, Thomas Waldron.
2: Uh, Calamaphoni isn't those guys. This uh, guy who I'm not going to pronounce his name isn't one of those guys. No. Uh, Nick Malouf is not one of those guys out, out on the wing. The only real star power that they've signed, and to be fair, George, George Ford's about as star powery as you get, is Johnny May.
3: Yeah, Johnny May and George Ford are—they are genuine star power—and
2: neither of them are but, particularly Leicester-ish.
3: But they, their two centres played combined about an hour of rugby last season. And if it
2: happens again, they are so screwed.
3: Yeah, if that happens again, get, they'll be looking for another coach.
4: So, so hold on, yeah. So, Tuilangi stays fit. Tamua gets a, a full season under his belt, and Mulepola uh, is a front uh, one of their frontline options at uh, prop. And I think the Leicester side changes. Instantly. Agreed. And I agree massively. with that. I hope you're right. Uh, I mean,
2: you know, I want us to see the best version of Leicester we can see. I just don't think you will. And also, you know, uh, Matt O'Connor's going to have time to kind of bed in. Well, I suppose he had the whole off-season, but it isn't that easy.
3: We, we have our very first uh, review podcast six weeks ago. We did actually review Leicester in detail. So if people want, <laughs> want yes. more yes. on yeah, this, yeah, yeah, go yes. back. So Let's move on. Let's higher, move on. higher or lower, they finished fourth last year. Lower. I think I think the same or higher.
2: Wow.
4: If... Uh fourth fourth or third. Oh, I'll say same. I'll say as they were.
3: Yeah, stick. Okay.
2: That now this is basically we should just get all the names of the other teams until about 12th, 11th and 12th. <laughs> yeah. And just draw lots now because nobody knows. This is the tightest season I think I can ever remember. So So on. on, who
4: have we so we've said the top four is going to be the same pretty much. So yeah. Bath are going to miss out again is what we're saying. 100%.
3: I think I think they probably will do um they could really push for it but just the quality in that top four I, I can't quite see it
2: yeah and everyone's going to be beating each other so you've got to be kind of this this why I, I don't think you're right on, on Leicester I think the, the top 3 are probably head and shoulders above
3: everyone else maybe which, which the the points in the table signified that last yeah. year. They, they were 11 points clear, those top three.
2: Now, I can see Wasps kind of separating themselves from, from the top two a little bit, dropping down, but they'll still be clear of fourth by some way. And then everyone else will be beating each other on a regular basis, and you will not know, you know, Gloucester Sale or, you know, a Harlequins versus uh,
3: Newcastle. God knows. I, th- a lot of those games could well go with the home team. Yeah home advantage because you're right I think fifth down to probably tenth much of a muchness
2: yeah completely agree uh, every team has got some superb strength it's just what team shows up on that day and what kind of game they decide to play
4: okay, okay so we've picked our top four why don't we just uh, pick our relegation team then
2: yeah okay uh, Worcester no I don't even like that I don't even like that pick hmm so Worcester for me have got some really nice pieces yeah, I think they've got big, powerful backs. Um, yeah, that was, they were on display nicely towards the end of the season when they started running in tries against, you know, admittedly Bristol. But you know, they they were still pretty good. Yeah, um, and the plastic pitch helps as well. So it allows them at least some consistency in the way they want to play. The fly-off situation is interesting. I think they've pulled in some kid from Northampton. Some Olver, uh, Olver, Sam Olver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyone know anything about him?
3: He he played for them in their pre-season game this weekend, uh, just gone. I don't know much else other than that, to, to be honest. Well, I sincerely hope Sam Olver turns out to be a Willie Beeman
2: type story, but <laughs> I just don't see it. I mean, no. one preseason game, and you know the guy they rest all their hope on is
3: How uh, H- uh, however you say his name. Well, it's more than just Hougard. Big Ben Teo as well.
4: Everyone, but I'd say it's, it's the whole back line bar
3: fly half. Yeah. Cuz that backline is is pretty exciting.
4: Yeah it
2: is, but they've been battling for a fly half for what feels like years now. Yeah. So, unless Hugo's going to be mispassing straight to Ben Tail and it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I, and idea. I mean uh, we're,
4: we're in an era, aren't we, where we've the merry-go-round of these fly halves that go to every club because they never quite make it at that club. Shane Garrity, Ryan Lamb. Yeah. Andy, well, Andy Goo did make it at the clubs. I don't mean him, but that that, that merry-go-round. We don't seem to have that fly half, the sort of odd pl- fly halves that just pop up and and cycle around all the different clubs.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you something to blow your mind now, Tim.
0: Go
2: I, on. I think I'm right in saying, the Premiership clubs this season, this opening weekend, nine of them will start with new fly halves.
3: Wow. Potentially. Does that? So. Uh, but
4: only because they've moved from one club to another. <laughs> that's exactly which true. is what I was kind of there's, saying. There. Yeah, yeah,
3: there's there's the flip bit from Leicester and Bath.
4: Yeah, it's it's two. There's it's Owen Williams. Gloucester Gloucester potentially have got Owen Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Sale three. W- my, w- Toby, Toby Flood Newcastle four. Yeah,
3: who's an old old new player?
4: Calis at, um, uh,
2: uh, at Harlequins. Harlequins. Uh, sale uh, they're not i don't think they'll be with james o'connor He's, he isn't fit so he will be staying but james o'connor will be 10 at some point i'd imagine um I think northampton
4: have got pierce francis
3: yeah or harry
2: millinger so there we go who...
4: so this so what we've got is the 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 fly halves that have been brought into the league are from outside they're not they've given up on the merry-go-round of the <laughs> usual suspects
2: yeah uh, i think if we carry on going on this merry-go-round until we find something which just kind of fits what you're saying. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll go with that, Tim. Yeah, you are right. You, you don't have the old head who can just kind of rotate around. Like Ryan Lamb, who's finally gone to La Rochelle.
3: Is that where he's gone? Yeah. Wow. So,
2: um, so those, I think, will be the two bottom teams, i.e. Worcester and London Irish. Just Come on, but
4: that's, the, that, that's, that's sitting on the fence. Who's, who's going down? Let's call it now.
2: I don't want to say Irish because I like them so much. I just, I just can't see them being strong enough.
4: I, I'm, I'm saying London Irish. I will say that I think that, I, that there's a couple of guys that, you, that people may not have heard of that I think might be surprise packages. Mike Coleman in the back row is a really tough mm. cookie. Uh, watch out for him. I think their scrum half is probably the strongest position Scott, London Irish have got. Scott Steele? Uh, Steele, McKibben and Meehan, three really good scrum-ups, three really solid scrum-ups. But, again, fly half, James Marshall, it's a bit of an unknown quantity. And also, Tommy Bell is a kicking fullback. It'll be good for Phil's fantasy rugby draft team, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping, I just. I, yeah. I don't think they've got enough quality to stay
2: up. Yeah, I mean, the guy who kind of st- uh, sticks in my mind is Tikratuma. Um if that's just starting out, he's a good squad player.
4: He won't be. He won't be starting it with yeah. Kieran Hearn, the Canadian and and Mole Crone, But that, there you go. That, I think that says everything. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. or jo- jo- Johnny Williams possibly there, but th- those centres are not good enough.
3: Luke McLean as well is an well, option. Yeah, is an option for twelve.
2: I mean, I remember watching him at the AJ Bell carrying water <laughs> and uh, <laughs> kicking kicking the balls to the fans. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think you my, my money's. It's on those two.
4: If Irish, I, was a bet- I, I I hate to say it, I'm I'm calling Irish going down. Yeah, I mean
2: unless someone has a complete implosion, I mean you can see Gloucester doing that, can't you? Or you know, someone. I mean, to be fair, you can see see Sale doing that. If they lose, if they have a big injury crisis, yeah, I mean they're only ever two or three injuries away from losing a game. Oh yeah, even, even now.
3: Well, last season when. Um uh, fly half gate when Sam James was playing fly half and Addison slotted into the centre to and was kicking sticks. Mm. Uh, both of which can do it, but not just as, not what. Just, you just want, yeah.
4: Just, so we're we're saying on balance, what we say. So we've got one sitting on the fence. I'm saying Irish. Phil, your casting vote is. Uh,
3: I think Irish. I think, but it. I'm expecting this to go down to the very latter part of the season. So the last couple of years, it's been decided relatively early. I'll yeah, say probably kind of four of the last five years, you've known by Christmas who's going to go down. Uh, this year, I think it it will only be the last few weeks when we'll know because because every yeah. team will get some good wins under their belt.
2: Last, I, I don't think they're going to put up as much of a fight as Bristol. Weirdly, do you um, not? No, I, just looking at the two teams, I think Bristol was stronger when they came when they came up.
3: I think Irish from what I've seen, have got the better kind of team spirit and unity.
4: I'll go with that, definitely.
2: So, Well, they've sp-
4: got doc, doc, Dr. Venter. He's got a big part to play there. Nick Kennedy.
2: Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I sincerely do hope that they do well, but it's very hard to
4: see where they're getting the wins from.
3: Just on on
4: doc- Their front row, when it gets ugly in December, I think they could pick up some wins. They've got a really good front front row. They have. I,
3: I, so, yeah, agree. I agree with yeah. that. Um, Dr. Venter, uh, this weekend, so Dr. Venter, one of his current roles is defense defense and exit coach. I think is I think that's his title uh, for the Springboks.
2: Now, interesting is exit coach clearing your lines, or is that kind of deal when they do corporate? Was it reconciliation or corporate streamlining,
3: <laughs> and they get someone to do some exits? Uh, P 45s for these gentlemen, exactly. Please. Uh, I think it's more clearing the line because. I was watching them this weekend against Argentina. Some of their um, clearing plays were so well orchestrated and so efficient. It was brilliant to watch. It was
4: beautiful to watch.
2: Yeah. Do you want to move on to the, um, onto the championship then? Because I kind of feel like we've done our premiership stint.
4: Well, well, well let's, just, let's, just look, let's just do the, the six fixtures for this weekend. Okay. Uh, no, let's do it at the just end. Rattle through them. So we're not doing it at the end? Well, well all, all I would say is I haven't watched a minute of rugby... Oh In the last right. week because I've been on holiday so I, I, I might as well leave you two to, to do rugby championship okay cool
3: well yeah let, let's wrap up the fixtures then
4: alright go on go for it
3: so Friday night the, the f- kickoff game Tim do you know which one is on uh, BT Sport I assume it'll be Gloucester Exeter uh,
4: yes I think it is so, oh, I, sh- I should know that straight off, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, so, it is Gloucester-Exeter, yes.
3: 7, 7.45, there's newcastle Worcester, and Gloucester-Exeter. Oh, yeah. Gloucester, so, Newcastle at home to Worcester, I think that's going to be a home win. Mhm. And we'll get to see some of the new combinations that Newcastle can put in. We'll get to see who their first-choice centre partnership is.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Because they've got and some real that, and options that ba- there. that back line could be electric. Yeah. Especially
2: at home. Um. So, newcastle Worcester. That's going to be a high-scoring game, though.
3: Boom. Yep. Plastic pitch.
2: Both teams know n- n- how to use
4: it. Um, For fantasy rugby draft, this could be a big one. It could be.
3: Yeah, you want players like DTH Van de Like, Well, he's injured, I think. Is he?
4: Yeah. So, you mm. want you want guys like I've got, like my fifth-round picks or fourth-round picks, Sonotti, Sonotti. That's the sort of guy you want.
3: Sonotti, Sonotti. If he's fit, he will be very, very dangerous, actually. I he's
2: think- fit. It's going to be a narrow <laughs> win to Newcastle. I don't think they're going to hit the, um, hit their straps early doors. It's going to take a few weeks them to bed in, so give me a narrow Newcastle
3: win. Give me Newcastle by 10 points. Cool.
4: I think it'll be a comfortable Newcastle win. Wor- Worcester have lost Valropava Ruskin, let's not forget. I think their front row is going to be possibly like the Aussies scrum at times uh, on roller skates. Mm.
3: Uh,
4: Gloucester, Exeter? Exeter. Now, well, do you remember Gloucester won on the opening day of the season with a ridiculous outlier performance? No, they didn't. As it turned out last year, no,
3: was that two years yeah, ago? Yeah,
4: Matt, Matt Scott got a brace. Was that two years ago? No, it, last
3: year they lost.
4: That, they, they threw the, it
3: away against Leicester. Yeah, opening game of the season. Oh yes,
4: of course. No, they, they went ahead and then yeah threw it threw it away. It was a draw. Leicester at the scored end, wasn't it? three driving malls, I think.
2: Yes, yeah. um, but Matt Scott did score two tries. Yeah. So uh, that that's going to be an interesting one because I really like the Gloucester back line when they start firing and they've got Burns playing fly-half and they use Atkinson at 12. I think they look really good. Trinder's a cracking player.
3: Woodward and Marshall. Oh, crikey. Two great players.
2: Uh, yeah, and the, you know whoever else that they want to play play on the other wing. How are they going to fit in their new highly paid fly-half? That's what I want to know. And Matt Scott, he'll want, want a game at some point.
3: Yeah, and Trinder will want a game.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what sort of team that they put out more than anything else. Yeah. Um, that said, there is a bit of turmoil because Ackerman's in. Uh, again, he'll need
4: time to settle down. Exeter or Exeter, and they'll steamroll them. And did you see? Uh, didn't Gloucester? Didn't they have? I think they had quite a good performance, didn't they, in their preseason game? Did they? They've
3: had a few good performances.
4: Comfortably beat Sc- quite a good side. Was it? They Ulster? beat Scarlets.
3: They've comfortably scarlet's beat, yeah north northampton smashed ulster which the less said about that the better by 50 odd points mm. uh, but yeah gloucester comfortably beat scarlet's
4: hmm.
3: still access to them. <laughs> i'm I'm with you I am quite optimistic for gloucester this year I think n- not this year but I think they'll have a good year yes
4: well, no, one no, thing no. for one thing no. for Exeter, uh, Slade's been lining up in pre-season at ten. Why?
3: I <laughs> think.
2: I mean, they did this last year, and it cost them four games. <laughs> it it, it did. This is just. I mean, but they've
3: got to they've got to make the plunge eventually. No, they don't. Ste- don't... Steenson,
2: it will not last forever, mate. It will not be Slade when they make that switch. It will not be Slade. It'll be Simmons, or no, it will be Simmons. It'll be Simmons and uh, and Devoto. Even when Slade plays uh, as like. You know, a, a relief guy. It's the voter that takes, you know, do, does all the hard work, does all the clearing, take, takes responsibility. It will not be slayed.
3: We'll see.
4: We will see. And just, just want to confirm: it is Gloucester Rugby versus Exeter Chiefs. Seven o'clock. The program gets underway on BT Sport One or BT Sport Four K UHD.
3: Four K. Wow.
4: And the other live games over the weekend: uh, three thirty on Saturday, Saracens v Saints. And then followed by, oh sorry, 1.30 kickoff. I'm, I'm looking at um, the details and it's automatically changing the times to the local time in Greece. Uh, <laughs> 1.30 kickoff uh, programme starts, uh, Saracens v Northampton and 4.15 London Irish v Quinns. Mm. Uh, and then the, I'll be working at Leicester v Bath on Sunday. Which is probably a good one for our pick of the week then. I reckon it might be.
2: Which is exactly what you can win when you bet with Leo Vegas. They love their rugby, they sponsor Leicester Tigers, but more importantly, they sponsor us.
3: So, let's have a think about Leicester versus Bath, gents. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, Leicester, obviously at home. Leicester, judging by their pre season uh, lineups, will have pretty much all of their stars available. So, Ford, uh, Tamua. Uh, toalagi, Johnny May, Toulouse Vianu, Ben Youngs all available. Strong, very very strong In- international caliber backline.
2: Whereas Bath is everyone available, I mean Tolupe Faletau presumably won't be around.
4: It'll be comfortably Billy Burns, Benny Taps, outside center not so sure, I don't know if Jonathan Joseph will be available, he's been he has been injured a bit, has he. Um
3: I'm not. Uh, sure. What what is the the story with the the Lions guys?
2: Uh, well, some of them sort of look like got voluntary extra holiday, haven't they?
4: Well, it's 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 on a case by case basis. Mm. So the the club that's been affected most is Saracens, and yeah. Pat Sanderson said it's on a player by player basis, based on how much they played and the exertion that it took out of them. So the guys that were involved a lot, you probably won't see for a few weeks, but I imagine George Cruz, for example, will be involved this weekend.
2: Yeah, so Falatel for Bath would seem a little bit unfair. But with him no, not, he won't. But with him not being English, do they care? <laughs>
3: he's, he's contracted. Yeah. yeah. Got to get your money's worth. Um, Liam Williams as well. He's contracted. you Got, yeah, you're got right. to get their money's worth.
2: So, I've got a feeling that even though I was negative on Leicester before, I'm more negative on Bath.
3: Hmm.
2: So
4: You see, they had a crazy injury Uh, masses of injuries last year which I I, I don't know if you kind of would imagine they've got to be better than they were last year and they finished fifth
3: Mm. yeah Uh,
2: yeah but I mean I just don't you know you talk about the best 15 they can put out it's just not that impressive
4: who? oh I I disagree with
2: that
3: yeah I I do disagree with that
2: alright and so if you look at the two teams that that are lining up, right at Flyhalf, well, we all know which fly half that <laughs> they the, the prefer to have.
3: We know which fly half yeah. Leicester would prefer to have. Yeah.
2: So if you go ten and twelve, and Tamuwa is playing, Ford and Tamua as a creative combination, <laughs> once they get their act together, will be frightening. Yeah. I mean, does that frighten you more than Benny Taps and uh, oh, Fr- Freddie Burns?
3: It does. Well, I think Leicester ba- that back line could be the most exciting in the league. And then, that, that doesn't mean that the Bath. Uh, Lineup yeah, isn't but, but listen,
4: exciting. Baths, Bath's back row. Uh, maybe not this weekend, like you say. Talupe Falatel may be out, but Sam Underhill uh, uh, and Matt Garvey. You've got Francois Lowe. Yeah. Talupe Falatel. Have they got and, Francois Lowe? Is he not
2: in South Africa?
3: He's not been playing. Oh. I, I, I don't think he's in the squad as far as I'm aware.
2: Um, and yeah, I do like some of their pieces. I, I, ser- I love Zach Mercer. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I can't wait for, it, wait for him to get more game time. Allegedly, they've got some other num- young number eight who's going to be very, very good too. Um, but, you know, at, you know, Atwood's a fine player, Charles is a fine player. I mean, they're all good, solid players. I just don't think, as a team, they, they were particularly hot last year. And, you know, like, as comparing their backline to the starting Leicester backline, it's just not that impressive.
3: Oh, that that backline is impressive, I think. It's not as impressive as Leicester. Mm. But that's like saying uh, the England back line isn't quite as impressive as the All Blacks Yeah, and, I, and I would
4: also say I think the weak link for Leicester is their back row. I don't think their back row is particularly impressive. And I think potentially Leicester and Bath could have done a, a couple more swaps, just swapped the odd back <laughs> player for a, a back row, and they would have evened out and uh, made them both sides better. I think Bath has stacked with back rows more than they probably need.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, money where your mouth is. Leicester
4: Leicester at home. Leicester uh, Leicester.
3: at home. Yeah. How many points, Tim?
4: Leicester by nine. Fifteen. Leicester by
3: fifteen. Ooh, I think yeah. Leicester by seven. Leicester by a score at home, and that line to do some real damage as well.
4: Yeah. So we got there. You go. So that is our Leo Vegas bet of the week: Saracens v Saints.
2: Uh, I think Saints are going to get a
4: absolute hiding here uh, on paper their their back line i don't know if i can remember and i, and I want to again it's stuff isn't one on paper because you could say this about the champions Exeter chiefs on on paper you wouldn't think they may be a champion side but northampton saints back line looks looks bad
2: yes when it does look I, at I the names on paper i thought you were about to say it looks really good and i was about to no. about, about to eat your lunch then um, no, it looks bad. <laughs> I, I do think that Harry Mallender might be the best 12 in all of England by the end of the year.
3: I think in a few years, he potentially could be. He's a very, very talented boy.
2: And
4: that's it.
3: Yeah.
4: I, I... L- Luther Borrell, R.C. Tuwala, Tom Collins, they've all been lining up in the back line. Um, and some other guys that, uh, you know, uh, Ben Foden, not quite the guy he was. Yeah. Tell me what you think about this. Um, I can't remember where
2: I was reading it. It might be in a fan form. It might be in, in, in one of the papers. But it's an interesting idea that the Northampton success was previously built on the knowledge of Jim Malander in the England under whatever it whatever it is set up, and that's when he brought all all of his players over, uh, Burrell, Foden, um, all those kind of young lads, and, and they won the league. And since then, they've not really.
3: Re-
1: so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024.
0: See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.
3: Interesting, uh, I do think that they've uh, perhaps not done the best business in the transfer market over the past few seasons. Yeah, and
2: no, th- I agree with that. And it's not lack of cash; I made a profit what last ten years, except for well, th- and this year is their first ever loss. Oh, first really? ever loss, yeah. yeah. Well, not first ever loss, but first loss in a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they seem to have got old all of a sudden, and just, they just don't really have any firepower.
3: Yeah, I I kind of go with that. Um, and their, their pack has been disappointing for the past couple of years, particularly mm, yeah. considering how many names are in it, if those names do actually play. Yeah, and this is what they used to do so well, is they used to,
2: I mean, particularly in the front row, if you think about when they first came up, they were smashing the game line with Brian Majority and... Tongawea. Suwani Tongawea. And then they went and they brought in some other beast from Australia.
3: Oh, Maafu.
2: Maafu, who played brilliantly, to be fair. Corpusiero played very, very well for him. And they they were kind of almost it almost felt like they kept on getting lucky. Um and now they've sort of run out
4: of luck. Yeah. Without without Louis Pickamol, I, I worry for them. Although that said, they had, as you say, Ulster were the opponents, and not only did they win comfortably, I don't know how much you can read into pre matches, not only did they win comfortably, but they played a really attacking all all-out attack kind of mentality rugby.
2: Mm, well, I so mean...
4: they've got they've got a new uh, attack coach finally. He's in and settled. So maybe he's having an, an impact. Who is the attack coach? Do we know? I've forgot. I've completely brainfired the name. Hence, I didn't say it. Right ah, anymore. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think Saracens
2: after the disappointment of last year, mind you, even short, yeah, even short of a few lines, I don't care. They're going to absolutely annihilate them.
4: Yep. Uh, the London double header. The other half of the London double header, header is Irish Quins.
2: Um,
4: I think it'll be close this one. Yeah,
3: close. So didn't the first game of last season? Didn't uh, Bristol have Quins? Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was very close. Until the last twenty minutes. Yeah, Quins snuck it in the end.
2: Yeah. Yeah, my guess is. I think
3: we could get a repeat of that.
2: I'd, who do, do Quinns play at the or Catricailis or... or...
3: Sweel.
4: Catricailis hasn't featured in pre-season, cause he, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be a shootout between him and Sweel for the 10 berth. Watch out for James Lang.
3: Well, he's seemingly fourth choice now because of Marcus Smith. Who's that? We spoke about him the, the other The young lad in the England squad. Yeah, the one that Eddie Jones described as England's fourth choice fly half.
2: Oh yes, the guy you saw in Bournemouth when he was
3: twelve in, in Brighton, as a, yeah. yeah, as a fifteen-year-old. All oh, right, well that's but other... so I've I've seen a few videos because he's because um, because Harlequins have had uh, a few injuries. I've seen some videos of him playing in pre-season, and he does look pretty handy. Is that right?
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah. And what's that? so we're, we're going for qu- Queens to edge it, but
3: yeah,
2: yes, I think so. Fired up London Irish team, they'll do well, and then Quinn's quality will
3: just take over. Yes, agreed.
4: Yes, I, th- I think I agree with that one. Um, so what's the final premiership game? It's I'm trying to work it out. It's the one it we is. haven't we have talked about, it, haven't we? Newcastle. Well,
3: JB tried to talk oh, about it right, no, at this, one more. right at the start of the podcast. It's Wasps versus Sale.
4: <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I, I completely
2: forgot about that at, um, the, at the Rico. I give I so uh, this wasps. is the sort of game where wasps will trip up.
3: <laughs> is that because it's against sale?
2: <laughs> no, because big physical team, uh they'll they'll beat them up on um on, on the game line and if wasps aren't free scoring th- this is how this game's going to go down, right? It's going to be a race to 30 points. Uh and then whichever team uh, toughs it out will win. I I think sale will get a lot of points on on, on the board very early doors. Uh, either way, this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I would say it's going to be more than forty points scored. Hmm. Uh,
4: wasps by eight.
3: I think Wasps by fifteen. Wasps by two clear scores.
4: Uh, Sale by eight. Oof. I just want lots and lots of points in this one because it, whichever way it is, <laughs> I mean Jimmy Goppeth doing lots of kicks for my fantasy rugby draft. Oh yeah. Uh, and actually, we've been talking about Fantasy Rugby Draft quite a lot in recent weeks. We've had loads of people asking about it on, on, on Twitter and whatnot. At Rugby Podcast, you can find us. So, should we just sort of briefly touch on this? Just yeah. in case... Because we've had lots of people going, how do I get involved? What is it? What's, what's the crack? What's your advice? What's your tips? Well, basically,
2: we'll just put up a league. They're called Stupid Names. Shall we just pin that to our, to our Twitter profile? And when it's full, we'll put up a new league and carry on going.
3: Yeah, so if, if you want to join in... Uh, other than organising na- you and nine mates, um, and let's you, face it,
2: a lot of our listeners don't have nine mates.
3: <laughs> well, we struggled. We've some of the recruits we've dragged up to get into our league. I've never met one of the guys.
4: <laughs> it's hard. Nine rugby, nine rugby-loving mates. Not easy. But but this says everything about it. We, we, we've had that much fun last season that so many people that previously had not wanted to bother have been asking if they can get into our league. Yes. Exactly. And we've had to tell them no.
3: No. no. Closed for this year but there are leagues you can get into uh f- from the uh egg chasers and the the one that is currently available is titled aj and jb's bell
2: hilarious hilarious
3: no no apostrophes uh, and the, pa- <laughs> the pas- <laughs> password for that is Avicii, um all lowercase yeah we'll, we'll pin that to our twitter um account so get involved if you want to
4: yeah. yeah, so fan- so fantasy rugby draft is a different type of fantasy game where oh, you play against nine other people, not against the whole world, and it's done in week-to-week matchups rather than you playing against everyone else. And so all you have to do is beat your opponent for that given week, and you can't have the same player as anyone else. You when, if you pick Jimmy Gopeth, <laughs> then you have you have Jimmy Gopeth as I have in my team. And no one else has Jimmy Gopith. And you, but I can hey, I'll say to my nine team, uh, league mates, Jimmy Gopith's available for for only for a very 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 interesting trade.
0: But, yeah.
4: um Every player has a price. Uh, so what would be your kind of your your, your sort of tip off? I would just say forget about scrum arse, forget about locks.
3: They they are they score a lot less. The most important position: fly half and outside backs. Uh...
4: Follow or oh, G- oh, JB is centers. JB's mad on his centers. Centers that play outside backs. I b-
2: I believe the way forward.
3: Yeah, if you can get, so if you can get an outside back who kicks, for example, Tommy Belt.
4: For ex- uh, or a that, that was that a kicks. good that was a good pickup, Phil. You got him in the fifth round, was it?
3: Oh, I think it might have been after that. Yeah, it was quite late.
4: Um,
2: my number one rule about fantasy sport is nobody cares to hear about your own league.
3: <laughs>
4: yes, you're right. I'll oh, shut up about that. <laughs> but, C- come and get involved and try it out. Yes. The buzz you'll get from doing a draft is awesome. Um, let's talk about the ladies. Because the
2: ladies. Hang on, hang on. Women? Females? I don't know. Let's talk- Women? The. the- yeah, the
3: women. It was the the women's. Gentlemen,
4: gentlemen, I, I haven't seen any rugby, so I reckon I should just leave you two to talk about this stuff. I, I, cause okay. I cannot contribute anything unless you just want me to correct, sit around and correct you when you say ladies instead of women. I thought that that
2: was your that was your role, that was your job. <laughs> um, well, we've got some Pro 12 stuff later as uh, as well, so feel free to stick around, Tim.
3: Well, I'd say Tim, if you've got something, Better if you if you've got well, if you've got some food on the table. You go and do that. Me and JB will dissect the rugby championship and the women's rugby.
4: Uh, and a kilo kokino. It is then. What? What? A kilo of red wine. Oh right. I was going to say, who does she pay for? I, I think <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's like a tax thing. That they you you buy stuff like olive oil and wine and stuff you buy as a kilo rather than a liter. I think so. So you can you don't pay tax on it. Oh, there you go. Ah. So whatever. Uh, I'm gonna get on my way and have a liter of red wine if that's all right. A liter. Enjoy. Well, Enjoy. A, yeah, a, a, kilo.
3: a kilo. Yeah.
4: I'll uh, let the boys play. Let,
2: let the, boys the boys play. play.
3: <sighs> <sighs>
2: right, ladies, women, girls, chicks. Uh, they uh, they played this uh, this weekend or this Friday. What was it? Friday.
3: Saturday. Hell of a game. It was a great game.
2: <laughs> now,
3: what stood out for you about this? Um, so, I've watched quite a bit of the uh, Women's World Cup, actually. It does always surprise me just how physical they are. And I, know, I don't mean that to sound patronising or mm. anything like that, but particularly this New Zealand team, they were unbelievably physical.
2: I've got a theory.
3: Go on. You have lots of theories.
2: <laughs> so, my theory is, when you do your coaching badges or you get involved with the RFU, they talk about the game in a way that they, as a governing body... Want you to think about it, so they talk. They say it's not a contact sport; it's an evasion sport with contact. Y- yada 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 yawn, 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 right? And I just have a feeling that the England team came into it a little bit with that RFU mentality because they definitely tried to play a lot of rugby. Their organisation was superb, like you know the way that they moved the ball, their set pieces, uh, the lineups were all really good. But the New Zealanders came into it, like you say, incredibly physical. Oh, I yeah. think England missed missed the trick. I think they were so focused on the you know the niceties of the game that actually they missed what fundamentally it's all about, and that's beating up your opponent and getting over the gain line.
3: Well, it's interesting actually because on the gain line battle, New Zealand well and truly won that. Hammered them on the set piece battle, in particular the scrums. England hammered New Zealand. Hmm. The England scrum was magnificent. Yeah, the penalty try they won numerous penalties. Uh, and the penalty try that they got uh, late on in the first half was superb.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, are you kind of with me on the the way that they... I think England just tried to overplay it, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not, sh-
3: I'm not sure I agree with that. I think probably the most disappointing thing for England was they are the professional team. Uh, mm. At the time of the final, they were the professional team. But their fitness wasn't up to scratch. No, So they, they looked shattered late on in that second half. Um, after about 60 minutes, it was New Zealand doing all the running, all the attacking. They kept the tempo high, whereas England had dropped off at that point.
2: How much of that is to do with just the sheer size, though? I mean, when you've got to work that hard to stop the opposition getting over the game line, yeah, all of a sudden you do feel unfit.
3: Yeah, quite possibly. Mm. There's probably a big element of that.
2: Uh, who was the New Zealand winger uh,
3: uh, Woodman is the one that Woodman they, yeah <sighs> she's the, electric yeah and the the fullback as well who scored that uh, she had a bit of a mare actually I mean
2: she did score the first try but after that I, I felt that she kind of faded fade out of the game a bit
3: she scored the first the first try and the last try for New Zealand mm. Um, they, they are a, a very good team
2: do you think the biggest difference between the women's game and the men's game is basically the, the stopping power on both sides, so I think the skills are pretty much there or thereabouts. Um, the organisation is definitely there or thereabouts, but it's just the ability to stop the opposition. Because both sides, when when they were ca- when they were carrying, they they looked pretty difficult to stop. New Zealand obviously more more than England, but I just thought that's quite interesting and something maybe the men's game. Can, I don't know what they could learn from it as such, but it made the game so much more enjoyable because there's so many more line breaks so much more um uh so much more continuity and then i immediately switched over to the south africa game south africa argentina game which was a good game in, in it, its own right it was a great game yeah but the sheer stopping power of the defences it just it didn't have it didn't have the same sort of cut and thrust
3: yeah i i know what you you're saying there um either way very very exciting game um very interesting to watch as well cuz The kind of ebb and flow of the game, uh, probably up to kind of the 60th minute where New Zealand did get away with it or run away with it. Um, The ebb and flow up to that point was very interesting to watch. Um, They've got a,
2: was it a German Mari hybrid prop who scored the (laughs) hat trick? Uh, uh, Natua. I'm sure she's German. Is she German? I'm sure she's German. <laughs> uh, if, if, if someone's looking for a prop in um, in, um, in the Aviva, they could do worse.
3: <laughs> well, how, how would she get on a top H level? Pretty well, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine she would. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, yeah. Well, let's talk about the other game, which was on at the same time.
3: Yeah, I was dual dual screening for kind of the second half of the the women's game in the first half. Why of
2: the... did you not try screen and get the top fourteen in?
3: Uh, I'm less
2: interested in the top fourteen. Uh, I did try and watch a bit of it. It was just—I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the, defi- the definition they, fi- they film it in. It always feels like it's filmed. Do you know on one of those cameras that they film um, Twilight on? And they've got the, the miserable screen on it, so everything looks dull. <laughs> the filter. The filter. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The miserable filter. And then <laughs> they kind of pump in like the distant, dull din of horns. Yeah. Like these French horns. I thought I can't watch this.
3: And fans booing their own team.
2: Yeah. And yeah, so I did try and watch that. I couldn't get, no, I didn't get through
3: it. I did I've seen some of the highlights. The only interesting thing from the top fourteen this week for me was the battle of the bald headed number eights.
2: Yes, Carl Fern's coming out on top.
3: Carl Fern's beating Perise on his own back in Perise's own backyard. So mm. um, he's worth that uh, chunk of change that Leon have paid him.
2: He's in a team, you know, which consists of Freddie Michalak at nine. Get this for a name. Lionel Box Seeks at ten. <laughs> He's I never a, thought I'd a, hear that name again. He is a blast
3: from the past.
2: Isn't he? Uh, and then all then the but they have signed one as well. They've got um, Armitage uh, at fifteen, I think he was around there last year. Liam Gill, who might have been one of the best yeah, players yeah. in all of the top fourteen last year, yeah. is now at Lyon. So it's a handy side they're building. Very handy side. Um let's talk about the championship before we get too carried away with French rugby.
3: Okay. Argentina, South Africa first. Right. This
2: is basically a story about two players. Uh, El- um, Elton Yanchis, who I love. I think, I think he's brilliant. But more importantly, uh, Lavanini, who well, I love even more.
3: Well, let's talk about the positives first. Because- Lavanini. <laughs> How is it not positive? Finally, La- someone,
2: someone La- with a bit of character and colour as back, back in the international game.
3: Lavanini is mental. He, you, he is absolutely mental. He's you, he's terrifying as he well. He is.
2: Can you imagine him with a couple of beers down him?
3: Oh god, a couple of glasses of Malbec.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, they've uh, said that you've had too much. You've got uh, you've got to go, and he just wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't leave the club.
3: Oh my god.
2: He's he he's one of the few men that I think. Oh, who would you like to see fight against um, e, um, e, even Ivanethab? Oh, Lavanini. Yeah. That'd be a cracking matchup. <laughs> yeah.
3: Because he he's pretty much as big, if not. Yeah, possibly even slightly and bigger. He's,
2: he's the same kind of athletic build as well, isn't he? Yeah.
3: He he's a sh- he looks very straight. Do you see when he took his... Because he wears his scrum yes. cap. And he's got that thick moustache.
2: And the beak, beak nose. Yeah.
3: But then he took his scrum cap off and this mop of like jet black hair. Incredibly... He's an evil looking man. Yeah, he's an incredible looking... Plug. But he... So there's, there's two parts. So he got a red card for two separate yellow cards. Although I think...
2: The second one could have been a red card in, its, in itself. Almost. I think the
3: first one could have been a red card in itself.
2: Was that knocking down the ball?
3: No. The second one was the slap down for the, what would have been S- Khaleesi's third try. Yes. The first one was... He, he's He's got form on this as well. He did this to Nathan Hughes in the England game, which is the torpedo tackle at the knee. So a no-arms torpedo tackle right. at the knees. Now, the one he did against Nathan Hughes was worse, in my opinion, because that was... The back of a rook. Uh but they're they're both very, very bad. Oh sorry, it was the back of a mall than Nathan mm. Hughes one. But this one was no arm torpedo tackle at Connie Ustazen's kneecaps, basically.
2: Oh sorry, uh, Karen, <laughs> I, I actually thought that thought that we'd stop recording them.
3: Okay. Uh yeah, so but that,
2: then that... it all jumped up and developed into a bit of a scuffle.
3: So there was a minor scuffle there. He got a yellow card, which it I think that could have been a red card, but um yellow card there and then the second one was interesting because there was a scuffle on the ball that was going on for like a good minute and then the touch judge seemed to separate that scuffle and then Lavanini finally got back into his line uh South Africa had an overlap and he just slaps the yeah. ball out of out of the air so 10 yards from his own line
2: Argentina in real real trouble I think because they don't have the option to change things up They've said they're only going to pick Origin time based players Yeah, They've got these bunch of guys Who are living the life in Jaguars But aren't aren't performing
3: def- they, They've gone backwards Yeah, 100% this, this was the team that was World Cup semi-finalist uh, Two years ago And since then have seemingly imploded I think it's because they haven't got enough underneath They need
2: at least You need at least two teams yeah. So Ireland pretty much operate with two teams, don't they? Um, Munster and Leinster. And yeah. Also. Yeah. Sure. I mean, they they play as well. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it is quite it's quite regular. You can see an Ireland team made up primarily of those those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, it happens. You know, pretty pretty much everywhere. Jaguars or Haguares are the only team to draw from. So if they're playing poorly, you're playing poorly. Yeah. I don't know where they're drawing their um, players from.
3: And they are playing poorly. Yeah, there is a semi-pro league in Argentina below that, but it's a big Mm. drop-off.
2: Just a little Argentina fact for you. Apparently, they've got the best semi-pro, sorry, the best amateur cup competition in the world, standard-wise, around Buenos Aires. And it's massive, apparently.
3: Buenos Aires is a big city, isn't it? Mm, Um, One other complaint. So, Lavanini is a negative for that game. One other negative. uh, The posts weren't high enough. The posts were like half regulation size posts. I didn't even notice it. Notice so the, this. the number of kicks where you watch it, you're like, has that gone over? Is that close? I can't. I just can't tell.
2: Yeah, and for the sake of what, three pound fifty to get you know, a, bit, you know, a, <laughs> a bit of plastic piping, a slightly
3: longer post. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the positives for this game: so yanti's brilliant, mm-hmm. Siakalisi.
2: He's really some player, isn't he?
3: He's got two tries. Uh, he would have had a third, but for that red card for Lavanini. He did give um, a forward pass for Curtsy the fullback, so he could have had he could have had a hat trick and an assist. But ignoring that uh, forward pass, he was brilliant. He was out, he was everywhere. His work rate is phenomenal. His carrying's superb. He's just a brilliant all realm player.
2: He is, isn't he? A good leader too.
3: Yeah, cuz he captains the Stormers or has captained the Stormers.
2: Well, South Africa didn't play particularly well and they won in the end by quite a lot. So yeah, it tells 41, you something about them. I don't think they're playing particularly well. So when I'm watching them and these this South African team are my great hope to beat the All Blacks this year. Uh, yeah. Hiding. I
3: think they're the well, they certainly are the only hope now.
2: Yeah. Um, they just—I don't know, they don't seem dangerous, quite quite dangerous enough. I know they've won by a big margin, but they just there seems to be an extra level that, that they need to hit. I don't think you—what's you're, his name? You, Sir Fontaine? Have I got that right? Sir,
3: yeah, yani Yann uh, Sir Fontaine.
2: Him. I don't think he's quite good enough, but he seems like a bit of a placeholder. And uh, anyway, um, the set piece is fairly good.
3: The, the set piece. Is is very good. So that that's the most impressive thing for me of the last two games. They've played Argentina who for all their faults and they have many, they do have an exceptional set piece. Uh and the box have been comfortably on top in both games of mm. the set piece and their as I mentioned before, their exit plays, their decision making, some of some of that has been really, really first rate and that's if you want to have any chance of beating the All Blacks, um, you've got to have that right on get point. your basics yeah first. and yeah, South definitely. Africa have that and they do have some exciting backs could see the full back the two wingers Rule and Skozan, and um, Jesse Creel when he gets going as well
2: yeah very very exciting player so
3: yeah they, they are they had certainly two years ago when they lost to Japan they're certainly a much well, much better team and last, last year, year they m- lost to uh, well, Italy didn't they they did lose to Italy yeah in November yeah, you know, it was only November
2: so, mm, I, I want them to be good. I want them to be good so desperately. I just don't quite believe they can do it yet. They're still a couple of years away.
3: I I would agree with that, but I think they're building nicely. Um, then the other game. Talking about teams, you want to be good.
2: Um, the the it's oth- so conflicting, isn't it? I don't want any either of these teams to be good, but <laughs> yeah, I do. So I don't want Australia to be bad. Yeah, I, it's something satisfying about. The heartbreaking loss. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the best incarnation of an Australian team. It's been really, really good, but still losing.
3: Well, so let's talk about Australia. The first, briefly, the first 40 minutes they put in, or 48 minutes they put in last week, Go was on. was appalling.
2: Right, okay, right. So I look at it like this: they've lost two games, but actually, over what one hour and 20 minutes, they've comfortably beat the All Blacks. Yeah. If you take away the first 40 minutes. If you take away that first 40 minutes, yeah. Um, having having said that, I'll also add that I thought their first three tries this weekend were lucky.
3: Now, there is an element of luck, but I kind of feel with those first three tries, I, with all of their scores, the luck was created by the pressure they put on the All Blacks. And that their defence was so markedly improved to what it was last week. It was almost unrecognisable, the, the work race, the kind of sportsmanship, the, the bond that they had in defence compared to that first 40 minutes.
2: Yeah, but it's just the same old, same old. I'm getting bored of like, oh, the lads did so well. Yeah, you lost. Well,
3: no, the, recently with Australia, it's not been the lads have done so yeah, well. But, the but, lads have been awful. But it,
2: ha- it, it is this time round. And for a nation that's so comfortable with winning, or used to be so comfortable with winning, this shouldn't be good enough. You know, no, in but, some ways, it's even more disappointing than getting hammered because they had it. But they it, had it.
3: It's the improvement. Yeah, they they had it. They were seventeen nil up, but that was in New Zealand against the All Blacks, uh, and it's the improvement for me. The improvement from that first forty minutes is massive. Most of it. So we know they've got. Uh, a good attack. They're building on the good attack. Genia and Foley looked different players to what they were, certainly at the start of last week. And Beal has come back and slotted in really nicely. Uh, Do you know what
2: it is? And I hate to point out one person, because one person isn't the team. But since Karevi has stopped playing, I mean, it's really...
3: (laughs) He he played 50 minutes last week.
2: Yeah. Um, And then he was dragged off for Kiran who is, by a country mile, a better player. I mean, it's night and day, the difference between the two. And it is silly to point out one player as the difference. But what a difference. It is. Uh, it's undeniable.
3: See, I, I actually think that the difference is more the playmakers rather than Kuroendrani and, uh, and Karevi, The way they use them, they're big, strong, quick, can step. But it's more Foley, Beal, Genia. It's, it's the work that they're doing. That's, well, I'll tell difference. you what as
2: well. Um, McMahon, who got hammered the week uh, the week before,
3: he, he played he, well.
2: He, he he really put in a shift. To be fair to him, yeah. And you look at who's who's opposite Kieran Reed. Yeah. Mind you, Kieran Reed for that la- in, in the involvement in that last try. Oh my God. How do you? I, yeah, the Lions got a draw. That doesn't really count as stopping it, does it?
3: So that that last fifteen minutes, or last twenty minutes, the try is there where it was yo-yoing so New Zealand score uh 71 minutes to go in front uh well sorry New zealand score 61 minutes to go in front Wilgenia pulls one back 67 minutes to put them in front then Ben Smith scores the mm. New Zealand try. that was the one after was it 22 phases yes it was and they just patiently built and built and built so that's 71 minutes then Australia go all the way down the pitch, and Kirtley Beale crashes over seventy six minutes and you're like, "I've seen this before I yeah. know I know this storyline, I know what happens, and away they go New Zealand they do their usual split kickoff ball just goes over the ten meter line, they get up for it, tap it back, New Zealand have the ball thirty yards out from Australia's uh try line and three phase late- Three phases later, including some of the best interplay by a forward who's just come onto the pitch, Scotty Barrett and Kieran Reid and TJ Perinara and Bowden Barrett to go under the sticks. That was it's boring. It was unbelievable. It was boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know, Harley. I mean, do you think they've kind of reinvented the wheel again with the second row play?
3: No, no, no. I, I think they're just using. So they've got someone like Scott Barrett. So.
2: But they've got Scott Barrett, haven't they? They've got the two starters in Ritalic and Whitelock.
3: They they don't have the handling skills that Scott Barrett does. Well so they, they have they good they do though, don't they? No, they have good handling skills, but Scott Barrett can play like a back. You mm. could you could probably slot him into the centre.
2: Y- yeah, but how often do you see those second rows at first receiver with a guy inside well, of them?
3: They they do the first receiver rule, but it's not the same. They'll do the uh nice textbook catch and pass so, catch arms out in front of you, across yeah. your body, pass. They'll do that. They won't do what Scott Barrett did, which was hit the line at full pell, half-take contact, and then offload at full pell. wonder where he's learned that from. <laughs> must run in the family. Yeah, must <laughs> uh,
2: No, I, I just... I don't know. I don't know with these New Zealanders, these tricky New Zealanders. Uh, if there's only a way that both these teams could lose, uh, I'd be very happy, but <laughs> there we go.
3: Now, so I've just been flicking through the stats... Um, Israel Folau, unsurprisingly, unsur- 139 metres made, two clean breaks, two defenders beaten. A considerable amount of that was his intercept try in yep. the first minute, to be fair. Now, I, I flicked onto this thinking, Rico Yuani had a reasonably quiet game. I know he scored the try, yep. but he crashed over from two yards. His His stats, so 122 metres made, very good, comfortably, the most for the New Zealand team, three clean breaks, then ten defenders beaten he is some
2: player <laughs> i mean it's his pace isn't it It's every time he gets on the ball, he looks so much faster than everyone else, yeah, and that outside break he can you can get just sort of ghosts between two players and then he's gone, yeah uh frightening i mean when he grows up
4: <laughs>
2: providing he doesn't uh, uh, I always think like. What is the future for a guy like that in the professional era? Because the temptation is to get him in the gym and get him bigger, and but just maybe just leave him.
3: Yeah, I mean, how much? He's twenty years old. He's built like a rake. He's not. He's not that skinny. I think he is. Let's have a look. Uh, he's not Julian Surveyor. He's not a rake, though. Oh well, no. One hundred and two kg. One hundred and two kg rake. Maybe not then. And how? <coughs> and how? How tall is he? Uh 62. Mm. 102 kg.
2: That's the same size as me. <laughs> uh, it's two it's 2 kg lighter than me. <laughs> and we're very di- I mean very different builds. Different pace. Different pace, yeah. Do different jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um so, right. Well, there you go. So what who are, who's playing this weekend? Who is the uh who are the internationals uh, in the championship or do they have a week off?
3: Uh, it is a week off. Then it's uh, New Zealand travel to Argentina, Australia host South Africa.
2: That'd be a great test to see where those two teams are.
3: Australia, South Africa, yeah. yeah. And probably in Australia is the better place to have it first time around as will well. Will
2: he be rooting for South Africa? Because I know I will.
3: Um, Probably, yeah.
2: So my theory here is if South Africa had just been beaten twice by the All Blacks and it wasn't Australia who'd been beaten twice by the All Blacks. I'd be rooting for Australia because I want some I want the better team to go on and then beat the All Blacks. Yeah. Anyone but the All Blacks.
3: Yeah. Yeah, New Zealand to get some momentum. Mm. Sorry, South Africa to get some momentum to go into the New Zealand game would be very good.
2: Mm. There you go. Right, okay, so um that's that. Shall we wrap this up?
3: Well, do you want to quickly run through the pro twelve, oh pro God. fourteen um, fixtures? Oh God uh would be lynched if he didn't. Go on. <laughs> Uh, right. So Friday night, the season kicks off. Cardiff Blues host Edinburgh. Uh,
2: Cardiff Blues. Cardiff Blues started very strong last year. Uh, I think they've actually got a pretty decent squad, and at home and a plastic pitch, and they'll be hoping to do something building on. I think ca- some promise they had last year.
3: I think Cardiff beat uh, Exeter as well in pre-season. Did they? Yeah. So if they can get that form. So, give me Cardiff at home. Nice kits as well, Cardiff.
2: Have uh, they gone back to their blue? Uh,
3: they've They've got three options, I think. Blue, yellow, and then a, a pinky have one. They've
2: still got the... Oh, I hate the pink one. I hate it with the passion. <laughs> Um,
3: passion. Next game, Munster Treviso. Munster <laughs> Treviso. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> then, <clears throat> interesting Friday night at Ravenhill. Ulster host the Cheaters.
2: Now, for the good of the competition, I hope these, the, the Cheaters are good. Yeah. I agree. I, They've made such progress in the Pro 12 in making this a really good competition. Um, and yeah, they're slowly sorting out the Dragons with Bernard Jackman, and they're slowly sorting out you know, the, Aust- yeah, the Australians. The Italians are still rubbish, but actually, the home nation teams are pretty decent. Yeah, They've now bought in these South African teams, and if they're not good, they've let everyone down. I mean, it could be the
3: making of the Pro 12, but equally, it could be a disaster. <laughs> it, It's an interesting... Let's call it an experiment for now.
2: I don't know um, who's going to win. I'm going to assume it's Ulster.
3: Um, I'm certainly hoping it's going to be Ulster. Then, Saturday, Osprey's host Zebra.
2: Do you know what? We're going to have a horribly rude awakening, aren't we? If these two terrible teams from Super Rugby, who we, we were laughing at not so long ago, just come over and rule the roost. Yeah, I know. The Southern <laughs> Kings walk into uh, walk into Munster and give them a good hiding.
3: That'll be interesting. Well, so Ospreys host Zebra. Uh, Ospreys win. Dragons host Leic- Leinster. Leinster win. Scarlet's last season's champions host the Southern Kings. Ooh. So that will be interesting. Yeah, it will be. Uh, give me Scarlet's, yep. albeit. It will, there'll be two interesting markers there. So, Kings going to Scarlets and Cheetahs going to Ulster. It will be a good test for both of them to see where, where the league is and where they sit in it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
3: And the, the final game Connaught hosts Glasgow. Which, that will be an interesting game. I
2: like this matchup because it has some real history to it now.
3: Yeah, a couple of seasons ago.
2: Yeah, so um, if you've just tune, tuned into rugby, um, these two faced off what last season in the semis
3: no two seasons ago What's two seasons in? Two se- last season oh, uh, yeah of course yeah
2: so they had a right back and forth and then eventually uh Connick dispatched them in uh, in the semifinals and then they kicked off the next season as the first game and glasgow absolutely hammered them
3: yeah so, so it's good I- it's a good fixture and Glasgow under Dave Rennie will be interesting to watch.
2: Well, I've been up to Glasgow. I can tell you now they are a top-notch outfit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you don't need me to tell you that. You you can watch them play, but they're but they're well constructed. They're and they're well balanced team and they're extremely well coached.
3: So that it's a tough place to go over to Connor, but I think Glasgow can do that.
2: Mm. Um, let's wrap it up now. Let's go home. That's a good idea. Cool. Uh, well, it's but, uh, Game of Thrones time. Oh God, it is, isn't it? Ooh. Um, Right, so if you want to get involved and join join in the conversation, find us on Twitter. Uh, We're at Rugby Podcast. We've also got some Instagram if you're a kid. Uh, And you can find (laughs) our Facebook page as well. Right, well, when we return next week, we'll be in season four. Our fourth year of doing this. Wow. So uh, wherever you are this weekend, enjoy your rugby. Let the boys play. Let the boys
3: play.
1: Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know, it's all of those subscriptions. I use Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million dollars in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/pod24. That's rocketmoney.com/pod24. rocketmoney.com/pod24.